Join us if you dare. It's movie night at your drive-in of terror. Each week, you'll hear about one campy movie for a laugh. One terrifying feature sure to scare your pants off. And one kid-friendly scare for the little ones. Or not-so-little ones needing a little less terror. The show's about to start. Get comfy and sit down in front. Oh, and one more thing. This episode contains spoilers. Consider yourself warned. Enjoy the show, if you're brave enough. Take it away, Tom. Wow. Hi guys, I'm Tom, here with my good friend Shay, and we'd like you to pull in into our Drive-In of Terror for Season 2, Episode number 23 of the Scare Your Pants Off It's Movie Night podcast. In tonight's episode, our fright-filled feature is Candyman. So good. So grab your snacks and we'll kill the lights. So how you doing today, Shay? I'm really good. We So I'm excited to talk about a couple things. So um, including this episode, we only have four more regular episodes left in this season. Wow. And then for everybody listening, um, we have two kind of different episodes coming up. Uh, after those, we are doing an episode solely dedicated to Jaws. Because how do you not solely dedicate an episode to Jaws? Yes. Um, and then the episode after that, we're doing something a little bit different. Um, we are going to be in a very old school radio show sort of way, telling you a story written by yours truly. Um, and, you know, we hope you enjoy it. And if, if it goes over well, we hope to do more in the future, but that's what you have to look forward to in the episodes to come. So, wow. I can't wait. It's going to be, it's so fun. I mean, like you said, how do you talk about Jaws and just in like a 10 minute section or 20 minute, you got to dedicate a whole a whole episode to it because it, I mean it's a masterpiece and then what I've learned recently from Shay on a past episode is her her love for shark movies which I had never known prior to this so I mean we got to dedicate and then I'm really really excited about that sort of old school because I love old school radio show type things like that and um, you know War of the Worlds or whatever so I am you guys are in for a treat because Shay is an excellent writer and uh, I haven't seen it yet but I'm sure it's going to be fantastic so i cannot wait for that so definitely definitely stay tuned for that stuff so what's uh what's new so are you current on last of us <laughs> yes yes so the whole season's this first season's done wow what a great show i yes it's i it was so good and it's funny because like i i knew it was going to happen because you know it was going to happen if if you yeah. you know watched like the the video game scenes or played the game or whatever, you kind of know what's gonna happen. But it still it was it still made me go, oh my god! It was still so good. But yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, it's it, it, it just what a good what good television. I mean, they just did. It, it's just like every episode, just um, you know the 
the all the range of emotions. I mean, you got everything. You got you know, and oh god, it was so so good. Um, you watch anything else good recently? I feel like, you know, I feel like I watch. I go through phases. I either watch everything or nothing. Or what? Uh, do you watch The Mandalorian? I can't remember if that's one of the ones you watch or not. Uh, I'm. I still haven't finished season one. Uh, I'm not a big Star Wars guy. I know everybody talks about how great it is, and and I have watched probably the first like four or five episodes. But um, I did see the new season start. Is the new season good so far? It's so good. It's so good. And there's there's rumor that there's gonna be a little bit of like a like a mix up of um like a blend of uh, other Star Wars stuff that's gonna be happening. But I digress. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's gonna be really good. What about you? Have you watched anything? Uh oh. So I watched uh Paramount Plus Wolfpack. The first season just ended. Sarah Michelle Geller. Do you watch that? I love Buffy Michelle Geller. I love her. And I'm not current on the show, but I have that's her name for me. I don't care. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, no. So it's I've watched some of it. I'm not all the way through it. Um it's I really like the concept. There's some execution issues that I'm not super loving, but I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna assume that. I was not in the right frame of mind. I am going to give the rest of it another go. And, um, but it's, I love her though. I, I will watch her in anything creepy or horror-ish related because she's fantastic. So it's, so I will say I liked it, but it isn't, it's not the best show. It, there's very, it, it can be very teen angsty and a lot of like, oh, these these two good-looking people are going to kiss now and sort of, you know, leaning yes. almost into, the, like, the whole sexy vampire, even though it's it's lichens and werewolves and um and stuff. So I, I can see, but it was one of those where it was like, after the first episode, I'm like, I could take or leave this, and I just continue to watch it. And, I, and, I, and overall, I liked it. Um, definitely some problems with it. Uh, and I just finished and uh, Servant on Apple TV just finished up. Um, and uh, it's M. Night Shyamalan uh, t television show, four seasons. And I will say, now it's not the best. It's not you, you show ever or anything like that. But one of the better M. Night Shyamalan fears that I've seen in a long time. Um, he didn't try to out twist himself and, and stuff, or maybe he did and it just worked out this time, but, um, it, uh, that is definitely worth a watch. I know it's on Apple TV. A lot of people don't have Apple TV cause it's not the greatest of, um, of apps and everything, but I was, I was pleasantly surprised cause you know, usually with M.I. Shyamalan, it's all just sort of, yeah, lately. So, that's what's it called again? Servant. It's. Got, I haven't seen that one, but I want to. It's got the the. He's a grown up now, but the redheaded kid from Harry Potter. Um. Okay, Rupert Grint. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned something because, um, 
Voldemort's in it. I don't want to say his name yet because I learned something about his real name. You know who I'm talking about, right? No. Voldemort? The, yes, the guy who played Voldemort in Harry Harry Potter. Uh, okay, so anyways. Those. Oh, Tom. Uh, I, I've, I've seen the fourth oh. one. I've, I know I've seen, I dated a girl who was super into him. I, I just never really got into him. It was at a time uh, when they came out, I really wasn't. So I don't know who you're talking. I know I'm bad. Everybody in the world's seen Harry Potter, but. All right. All right. So uh, I'll give you a pass on it. Um. Okay. So his name is spelt R-A-L-P-H. Fines. Oh, Rafe. Yep. Yes. That's what I learned. I've always thought I've always heard the name and thought it was Ray Fines because it starts and ends with a f- sound. So I just thought his name is Ray Fines. And I'm looking at I'm looking at it and I'm like, why are they calling him Ralph Fines? And no, it's it's not Ralph Fines, it's Ray Fines, but it's Ray Fines. So <laughs> I literally learned that I've been saying his name wrong my whole life because well, you know, yeah, but anyway. I, I, in protest, I used to always call him Ralph Fines because I'm like, that's Ralph. That's how you spell Ralph and not Rafe. Um, so I called him that. And the, but yeah, Ray, he's a great actor. Great. So, and so is his brother there, Joseph. But uh, Red Dragon. Oh my God. So good. So good. Yeah. Rafe. Uh, Rafe Fines. It's like, dude, that's, that's Ralph. That, that, yeah. You, it is. You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> we know we're on to you yeah oh all right well uh do you have uh a campy for those looking for a laugh it's time for the campy wow to today was i supposed to have one of those today no okay. of course so. i did i think so <laughs> All right, so I'm going to talk, and I'm not going to talk long about it, because I feel like not enough people gave this movie a chance. And I understand it, I get it, but I know an alarming amount of people who didn't watch this movie, and I'm disappointed in every single one of you. Wow. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen it. So, um, I'm going to talk about Cabin in the Woods from 2011. This movie is a parody of every cabiny in the woods ish movie you will ever see like evil dead or or any of the other ones but it's it's a parody of that more or less five friends decided they're going to go in vacation in a remote cabin way in the middle of the woods and behind the scenes and you actually see the behind the scenes which is awesome there is a facility of scientists whose sole job it is to try and kill these five people or, or probably anybody else who stays at that cabin that they allow to stay there. But uh, this facility is provided with a number of monsters at their disposal to try and kill the five people. And it's hysterical because, first of all, <laughs> uh, the monsters are ridiculous and whatnot. So Monsters that you're going to see, you're going to see supernatural things, you're going to see like mythical monsters, phobias, zombies, uh, biblical demons, aliens, giant like oversized, giant oversized animals. Now, in the science, scientist's facility, you, what you're going to see is, is and I don't feel like this is talked about enough, um, there's a whiteboard wow. of 
a list of every creature they have at their disposal and they're taking bets there's actually all the different people that work in the facility are taking bets on on what monster is going to do the best in and whatnot or how they're gonna or how far they're gonna make it into the list so i'm gonna read you this whiteboard because you don't see it for long enough to really take it all in and you're gonna miss it and you could google it or you can listen to me talk because you know we're all here to listen to us talk and that's fine um the whiteboard lists, and I quote, alien beasts. Wow. Angry, molesting tree. Wow. Yep. Evil dead. Throwback. Um, the bride. Wow. Clowns, which uh, the electric department picked uh, to bet on. Wow. Demons. Wow. Deadites. Wow dismemberment goblins i don't know what a dismemberment goblin is but i wish i saw one wow um the daughters wow doll wow dragon bat wow wow giant wow giant snakes wow a hell lord wow a huron wow uh picked by the research and development team to win uh jack-o-lantern wow Kevin. Wow. No one voted for Kevin, by the way. No one picked Kevin to bet on, and I would have bet on Kevin. I don't know who Kevin is or what a Kevin is, <laughs> but that's what I would have um, th Yeah, that's what I would have picked. Uh, we have Merman. Wow. Mummies. Wow. Mute. Wow. The Reanimated. Wow. Reptilius. Wow. Sasquatch slash Wendigo slash Yeti. Wow. Scarecrow Folk. Wow. Sexy witches. Wow. Snowmen. Wow. Sugar plum fairies. Sugar plum fairies? Come on. Wow. Twins. Wow. Wow. A unicorn. Wow. Vampires. Werewolf. Wow. Regular witches, not sexy witches. <laughs> wow. Uh, wraiths. Wow. Zombie redneck torture family <laughs> wow <laughs> those have eyes much um zombies wow and more than another dozen monsters appeared in the film that weren't listed here wow you're gonna see every single thing that your insane mind can probably think of it's probably in this movie and I'm not even going to elaborate anymore because you need to go watch this. So that's what I got. So good. I love this. Um, uh, I love this film. It, it's it, this, this film is right in the pocket of what I really, really like in horror and it, uh, it pays homage to other films, but it's good on its own. It's very campy. Um, I just, this is, yeah, this is it like an old timer for me. I just absolutely absolutely love this film i can't say enough good things about it guys definitely definitely check it out like you said it's unfortunate how many people have not seen this film it's i uh, just that's yeah crazy crazy all right for those brave souls ready for a fright it's time for the feature 
Well, I have the feature, and oh, this is a good one. And this is, and I know we, we say it about oh, this is our favorite. We say I know we must sound like broken records. We say because they're all our favorites and everything. But this is a really good one. I'm talking about the 1992 American Gothic supernatural horror film written and directed by Bernard Rose called Candyman, starring Virginia Madsen, Tony Todd, Xander Berkeley, Casey Lemons, and Vanessa Williams. Uh, this film was actually based on uh, the, a short story by Clive Barker called The Forbidden. The film follows a Chicago graduate student completing a thesis on urban legends and folklore, which leads her to the legend of Candyman. Candyman being the ghost of an African-American artist and the son of a slave who was, leads her to the legend of Candyman, the ghost of an African-American artist and the son of a slave who was murdered in the late 19th century for his relationship with the daughter of a wealthy white man. So, um, like I said, this film was released in 92 and it was made on a budget of eight to nine million and it did 25.8 million at the box office. Now it has gone on to gross much, much more because it has become, I call it a classic. People, some people call it a cult classic. I just think it's a classic within the genre. I mean, it just, it, it, it's an all timer. Uh, I agree. It, you know, there were uh, slight differences. They they did change some from the short story, like they changed the setting. Uh, in the short story, it was uh, in Liverpool, but they changed it to Cabrini Green Public Housing Development in Chicago. So a little fun little thing about that is I actually lived in Chicago for quite a few years, and uh, Cabrini Green at the time, in the years preceding me living there, it's gone on, it's been gentrified now, and it's there's a lot of condos and stuff, which is kind of unfortunate, um, but it uh, has gone, um, it was the most violent neighborhood in the United States. It, it was multiple shootings a day, you know, usually a death, one or two deaths a day, if not more. It was just, it was super dangerous. Um, I actually, when I lived there, um, got lost one day when I was out searching for work and uh, ended up near there and didn't realize it and uh, got out of there really quickly. Because uh, it, like I said, it was known for how uh, violent of a neighborhood it was. So I'm going to do a, a just synopsis of the plot and then uh, briefly kind of talk about some of the, the, the sequels. So the story follows Helen Lyle, a semiotics graduate student at the University of Illinois, Chicago. While uh, she's researching urban legends and myths and stuff like that uh, for her uh, thesis, she comes across the legend of Candyman, a spirit who kills anyone who speaks his name five times in front of the mirror. In doing her research, she learns of a uh, recent murder that just happened in the Cabrini Green um, housing project and uh, that it had been attributed to Candyman. And then in the research of it, she came across two dozen other instant uh, deaths and uh, that had been attributed to the Candyman. Skeptical, and she is now with a friend, she decides to try the legend and uh, say Candyman's uh, name five times into her bathroom mirror. But unfortunately, uh, nothing happens. So she just, you know, must be, must just be a legend. 
So now Helen and Bernadette are working together on the thesis and they've, you know, narrowed the scope of their thesis and sort of what they're going to concentrate on. And, and that is how the residents of Cabrini Green use the legend of Candyman to cope with uh, the hardships and inequality that they are living with and through in this public housing project. Very strong thesis, if you ask me. I've had to write a few thesis papers and they're not fun, but, um, so she begins researching it and they, um, start, uh, visiting the scenes of recent murders. Um, and at these murders, she's seeing that people have been leaving offerings for the candy man. Um, she goes on to have dinner with a local expert on the candy man legend who, and uh, tells her, instructs her that Candyman is actually, was actually a, an African-American man named Daniel Robitaille, who was born in the late 1800s as the son of a slave. Um, and he grew up and became a well-known painter. Uh, he then would fall in love with and impregnate a white woman. And this was a no-no at that time in, in our society. So her father sent a lynch mob after him. The mob cut off his right hand, smeared him with, in, with honeycomb stolen from uh, a local apiary, uh, which this honeycomb then attracted bees that stung him to death. Oh, what a terrible way to go. What a terrible way to go. Um, and then after that, his corpse was burned in a, in a pyre that was erected on the site where uh, Cabrini Green now stands. So Helen returns back to Cabrini Green and a young boy uh, named Jake tells her uh, of an incident where this disabled boy was violently castrated by Candyman in a public bathroom. As she goes to investigate, um, this candy man attacks her and she realizes that this candy man is just a local gang member that has been uh using the moniker candy man to instill instill even more fear into the locals um but after this the real candy man appears to helen in a parking garage and hypnotizes her and at this point, he explains to her that because she discredited his legend, he must now shed innocent blood to perpetuate it, to bring his his legend back into the consciousness because he cannot be forgotten. And so um, at this point, Helen blacks out. She wakens back up in uh, Anne-Marie's apartment, covered in blood, to find Anne-Marie's pet Rottweiler, Annie, decapitated, and her son, Anthony, kidnapped. God. You know, animal deaths are even worse than human deaths on, in, in movies and stuff. I it's so I, I find it so hard to watch animal. Uh, like in, even though they don't show the actual death, but just like, just I don't know. Because it, it's it's well, it's funny. All animals, yes, but like for some reason, it's especially dogs because they they love us so perfectly and so unconditionally and they're just so innocent and so moral in some weird way it, it's yeah it's shaking yeah it's tough um so the police arrive and they arrest helen and then um she's bailed out of jail by uh trevor 
and she's looking through old photographs trying to figure out what's going on she's finds candy man appeared in one of them um all of a sudden he appears inside her apartment and cuts her neck causing her to start bleeding and then eventually pass out um luckily bernadette arrives at the apartment and when helen uh comes to though she sees that the Candyman now has murdered Bernadette so she's framed for this crime as well and is committed to a psychiatric hospital and while be while being interviewed in preparation for her trial uh, by a psychiatrist because you know she's in a psychiatric hospital and it's going to be part of her defense maybe that she was um, you know not well uh, she uh she attempts to summon Candyman, and he does appear but he kills the psychiatrist and but then he frees helen and allowing her to escape so then she returns to the apartment to find trevor now living with one of his students screw you trevor helen confronts him then flees to cabrini green to rescue anthony where she finds a candy man in his lair he tells her that she must surrender to him if she wants uh, to ensure Anthony's safety. Um, and she, and he actually offers Helen immortality. And in doing so, he opens his coat. And this is a really cool scene. I love the scene revealing his rib cage, which is just wreathed in bees. It's just bees on it. Very, very cool visual. Um, and then we see the bees pour out of his mouth as he kisses her and stream down her throat. Uh, he then vanishes. Helen awakens to discover a mural of the Candyman and his lover, who looks very, very similar to her. And uh, the Candyman promises to release Anthony if Helen helps strike the fear in the Cabrini Green a residence by, you know, feeding his legend. But then he reneges and he attempts to immolate both Helen and Anthony in a pyre. But the flames destroy the Candyman, and Helen dies while saving Anthony. And then we fast forward a little bit, and at a home, a grief-stricken and guilt-ridden Trevor looks into the mirror and says Helen's name five times, whereupon Helen's vengeful spirit appears and kills him. And then we see a new mural of Helen dressed in white with her hair ablaze in the Candyman's lair. And sorry, I know there's a lot of details there, guys, but it, this is just, it's a good one. And I didn't know where to cut it off. Uh, so I just kind of, kind of went with it. It's um, so a little interesting thing about this was that Tony Todd, now he says, oh, I had a great lawyer at the time, had in his contract that for every bee sting that happened, because they used real bees in those scenes, he would get an additional thousand dollars. And he was stung 27 times by bees. So he got an additional 27,000 and he doesn't, but he doesn't sound too, uh, too, uh, broken up about it. He said pretty easy money. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. So like I said, uh, there's been some sequels guys. There were two standalone sequels, but they comprised uh, one single storyline and, uh, they released in 95, not 95 and 99 respectively. The first being Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flash, and then the, the, and the, and after that it was Candyman 3, Day of the Dead. Um, originally, uh, Rose, the director, wanted to 
make a prequel that revolved around um, can the Candyman and or you know Daniel Robitaille and Helen's love story, but uh, the studio was not interested. And then in 2021, Candyman, the film Candyman, which is a direct sequel to the first film, uh, was put out uh, and it was produced by Jordan Peele and his Monkey Paw production company. Um, now, have you seen the most recent one? I have, and it fantastic. What a great way to bring it into this generation. Like it was, it was so so well done. I agree. I agree. So thoughts on on this on the first film or the the series up until the most recent or. I'm going to let you in on, I'm going to let everybody in on a little something in my psyche that not a lot of people know. Um, these movies are very hard for me to watch. Very, very hard for me to watch. And it's because of the beats. Um, it's, I, you can't see this. Obviously, when we record, we see video and I pull the audio out of a video. But in this video, I am scratching, itching, I have goosebumps, I, my skin is crawling, I, my head is itchy, I'm clean, I just showered, <laughs> like, I'm not dirty. Um, so, when I was very little, like, like, toddler-ish area, I still remember this very, very well, actually. I had, a, like, a hallucinate, I had a very, very high fever, and I actually had a hallucination or something, something akin to delirium. And which everything and everyone was covered in bees. Really? Now, yes. So oh. the thing about this, what a lot of people don't realize is, is in an occasion like this, someone can remember it, but how do you think I remember it? I remember the bees. To me, I know it wasn't real. Like I've been, I, it's been explained to me, but I remember the doctor walking into the, into the exam room covered in bees. I remember my mom picking me up and carrying me covered in bees. I remember the car covered in bees. I remember the house covered in bees. I remember my bed covered in bees. I remember, I remember it like it happened, like it was actually happening because my, I was that sick and I was that, I, I was physically seeing it. I was awake and genuinely seeing all these people that now needed to poke and prod me and see, you know, try to fix me covered in bees and that's legitimately how my memory my memory is being examined by a doctor covered in bees and i know it wasn't what happened but that for me is what happened wow wow oh so yeah. i don't do well with bees at all and this movie is so it gets me like in my core like makes my flesh crawl and my mouth feels i i can't even describe it but if you have uh, like a deep-seated fear almost phobia or something like that you know what i mean that feeling in your gums and it's just it's a lot so um for me this movie is absolutely amongst the scariest movies i've ever seen because it hits every one of my senses and it hits a sense that not a lot of movies hit wow 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 yeah i can totally see it. wow 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 yeah i can see why this movie would be be tough to watch because of that wow that's that's crazy mm -hmm. uh, yeah the, the I, i'm not like afraid of bees but i'm not also a fan of bees so it just like the bees coming out of the mouth and it's and yeah. they were really in his mouth 
they were he had a dental dam in and uh they were really inside his mouth the bees it's it's uh, but yeah it, but it's a, like i said it's considered a cult classic i consider it a classic horror film um it just it's very very well done and like you said you said it perfectly about the the most recent one how it just it really brought it into this generation for these people to appreciate it and uh which i'm i'm glad because it's just it, it's a great story it's great and you know it builds on that whole bloody mary myth as well and just looking in the mirror and stuff it's just it's done very very well so let's do the rating out of bees then <laughs> very easy for me it gets a nine right off the bat and it, it's not my favorite horror movie it's not but again this movie hits so many more of my senses than your average horror movie that it it i i've had i it's given me nightmares it's i even think about Candyman and like legit i can feel it in my spine just talking about this i'm feeling it in my spine so this movie gets a nine right off the bat for me it's Love very it. well done. My I skin is still it. crawling, but yes, very well done. Wow. I love it. Uh, so I originally I was going to go eight, and then I'm, I'm thinking about sort of the importance to the culture and stuff like that. So I'm actually going to go an 8.5 on this, just because I do think it's it's important within the genre and the culture and everything like that. Um so yeah i'm gonna give it a solid eight and a half b's uh more than solid that's that's god damn near perfect um so very very good film very good all right you have a kids movie i do very happily for the <coughs> little ones it's time for the kids scare I am going to talk about Hotel Transylvania from 2012. Yes, there are sequels. Yes, I love all of them. No, they don't all have the same cast, but they're still great. But the 2012 Hotel Transylvania was the first. The cast has Adam Sandler, Andy Samberg, Selena Gomez, David Spade, Kevin James, Steve Buscemi, Fran Drescher, Molly Shannon. It, I could go on. There's so many people in these movies. Um, Dracula owns obviously dracula's castle and he transformed it into hotel into a hotel for monsters to go and be safe and away from humans and enjoy you know just life away from it all um he invited everybody they know to celebrate his daughter mavis's 118th birthday because that is a very big birthday for a vampire <laughs> uh, i'm sure to like the 18th birthday now during this party during the goings-on and the setup and whatever a human explorer tr you know travels along and stumbles across his castle and finds himself inside wow he doesn't think anything of it he's a little aloof maybe a little slow but kind of fun um he just thinks it's a costume party now hilarity ensues he causes trouble he doesn't realize he's causing he's just bumbling and he's so friggin lovable but much to drac's dismay mavis falls in love with him and he falls in love with mavis wow who he thinks is just like a vampire <laughs> um this movie is great 
you, you, you have Frankenstein, a blob, you have the Invisible Man, you have all of these monsters from horror's origin in this awesome cartoon movie. I wish this movie was out when I was a kid, because man, was it made for me as a kid. Just honestly watch it, watch it with your kids, have your kids watch it, watch it again and again, watch the sequels. I think kids of all age can watch it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree. I, it's very, it's tame and fun and what a great cast. It's funny, I just listened to the podcast with Andy Samberg was the the guest on it and they were talking and they talked about it um, just because I mean, that's a, that's like a who's who of uh, comedic actors uh, doing voices there. I mean, you can't ask for for a better voice cast there. This is, it, it, it's a great one. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Definitely, definitely check it out. So did we, I didn't want, I didn't cut you off, did I? No. no. Okay. okay. Um, did, did we have anything else to talk about today? Not that I can think of. Wow. All right. Well, thanks for watching guys. And uh, yeah. Thanks for joining us and make sure you meet us at the snack bar next week when the Lazarus effect will be on the big screen. So until then, sweet dreams. Bye. Thanks. Bye guys. Wow. As always, thank you for listening. Feel free to reach out to your hosts by email at scareyourpantsoff9 at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Be sure to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications wherever you get your podcasts. If we haven't scared you away yet, you're our kind of people. So check under your bed and keep your feet under the covers and those closet doors shut. <laughs> Until next week, my friends.